become involved with America's war effort? Well, when I was 16, I uh, started to work for Hercules Diesel Motor Corporation in Canton. And they were making uh, engines for planes and trucks and all all those type things. And everybody was going to the service, so all that was left were Rosie the Riveters, the women, and young boys like me. I was 16, and I worked two years in uh, the Hercules Diesel Motor Corporation during the war years. And then in 1945, I was in high school, and I was a year behind. So at the end of my junior year, I turned 18, and Uncle Sam came knocking at the door. And you and your brother were both drafted, correct? Yes, I'm a twin, identical twin, and uh, we were both drafted. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about your brother? (laughs) You're looking at him. (laughs) (laughs) They were identical twins. We were identical twins, and uh, we're both musicians, and uh, he uh, was the... uh, first flutist for the Canton Symphony Orchestra for about 15 years. And then he was a band director for Perry High School. And you were drafted into the Navy, correct? No, we had our choice. They said, do you want Army, Navy, or Air Corps? So we chose the Navy. Is there any particular reason why you chose the Navy over the Army or the Air Corps? I didn't want Army because you're pretty exposed out there. And uh, I don't know, I thought maybe uh, Air Corps, you claim to go down and you've had it. So I thought maybe the safest safest branch was the Navy, so we chose the Navy. You ended up going into the Navy after uh, the Sullivan brothers lost their lives in Guadalcanal, correct? Yes, there and were five Sullivan brothers that died, and we had to get permission from our parents to uh, go in together. And they wrote a letter and sent it in. And uh, they accepted it, and we got to go into the service together. Was it you and your brother's idea to go into the service together, or was it something that your parents maybe suggested? No, we wanted to go together. And uh, so how did your parents feel about you and your brother talking them into allowing you to go into the service together after what had happened to the Sullivans? I think they felt okay, and it's what we wanted, so they were... Okay with it. Uh, did you both uh, end up serving all of your time together, or were you separated at any no, point? No, we spent all of our time together. What ship did you end up on? Huh. It was not an important ship. It was a troop ship, 3,000 men on a Kaiser Special flat-bottom boat. And the trip over was really rough. We left the San Francisco area, Bay area, and... We were on the, uh, we caught the tail end of a typhoon, and uh, the ship would go up and come down and go wham, and uh, then it would roll sideways and go up and down, and I can remember in the chow hall, you'd put your tray down on the uh, table, and if you walked away, the ship would go like this, and your tray would go bang, 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 all the way down and off. So you had to hold on to your tray or you were going to lose it. How long did that last? Pretty much the whole trip. Really? Everybody on the ship got seasick. And so they had to organize the crews to clean up the ship everywhere. (laughs) 
So other aside from the rough travel, um, what were you? What was going through your mind while you were on your way to the Pacific Theater? Well, it was sort of frightening because when you saw those waves coming, you don't dare let them hit you on the side. You want to dive into them, and then it comes up. And would dive into those waves, and it would go all over the completely over the ship. And then finally, it'd come up. But they finally made us go down under cover, and we weren't allowed up on the decks. So uh, some days you could be up on deck, and some days you couldn't. Did you prefer being below decks or on deck? On deck, definitely. I didn't like below deck because you never know. You never knew, and I always wondered. We had no escort at all. This was towards the end of the war, and uh, I was always afraid that a Japanese sub was going to hit us or kamikaze pilots come at us, and I didn't fancy being below deck. Did you ever end up seeing combat while you were in the Navy? No. By the time we got there, the war just ended, and uh, we had a few days yet to get there, and trying to think here. Oh, in those few days, you never know whether the uh, ship captains on the enemy side got to notice or whether they even cared, or the planes. So you sort of worried about maybe being hit, but finally we got there. I think it took something like 17 days to make the whole trip. And, of course, when you got there, you, you weren't worrying about the enemy anymore because uh, we'd heard that uh, the war was over. And uh, then we pulled into port, which was uh, in the Philippines in the Leyte Gulf. And there had been a big battle there. And you could see sunken ships all over the place. And uh, I remember the native kids would come out and they wanted to dive for 50 cent pieces. So, so the guys were throwing 50 cent pieces over the side of the ship and they'd dive down in and get them. And if you threw anything less than that, they'd just let it go. They wouldn't go, <laughs> they wouldn't die for it. So was that the only place that you had docked at in the Pacific was in the Lite Gulf? Yes. Yeah, uh, how long were you there? Total altogether one year, one month and 10 days. So you spent a year in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like? Well, we uh, were housed in a Quonset hut. Those those big round steel huts. And I can remember first few weeks, you could hear something scurrying in the walls and up above. And I asked, and they said, oh, that's nothing, it's just rats. <laughs> They're in between the uh, steel outer shell and the... Uh, I don't know what they had on the inside, some kind of fiber board or something. Then they get in between the walls and up above on the runway, and sometimes they'd fall off. And then everybody uh, had a bunk bed, and we were, you had to cross a ravine on a little bridge to get to our hut. And uh, there were a lot of scorpions around. I can remember them being on the road. Uh, you had to leave your hut and go up to the washroom or the toilet or whatever. They were all up the road, and there were just scorpions all over the place, or you'd roll down the uh, curtain that you had down for to, to uh, keep the rain out, and they'd be in there. So you had to watch all the time for the scorpions. But other than that, uh, I didn't see uh, 
any big sneaks or anything like that. With uh, with the war effort officially over, by the time you arrived in port, uh, what did you spend your time doing? What was your specific duties there? Well, first of all, they assigned me to um, the uh, switchboard. I spent a I don't know a couple of weeks or a month running the switchboard, plugging this person in or unplugging them, <laughs> as the case may be, and then after that. We both got into the uh, Navy band that was there, and we spent the rest of the time in the band. And that was, uh, you would play for the raising of the flag in the morning, lowering the flag in the evening. Then we played chow hall concerts at noontime. And then on the weekend, we'd play a concert before the movie. And uh, the movie was a funny thing. You're sitting out on a log and they have a typhoon warning and you're you're at a number four and you're sitting there watching a movie leaning into the wind <laughs> watching this movie up there and some of the guys if they didn't like the movie or i know the movie would break and that would get them all stirred up and they grab the cables and shake the uh, booth <laughs> and then they'd yell out of there you know so finally they'd get it fixed and we'd go on with the movie. But uh, on the weekends, once in a while, the USO shows came through and we'd play for those. And we went to different islands. Some of the officers' clubs had dances and would break the big band into small band combos and play for the dances. So we had a military band and a dance band. So twice a day we'd practice military band in the morning, dance band in the afternoon. So we kept busy all the time. Did you uh, continue to play music when you returned? Oh, yes. I'm still playing. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually I play euphonium in a band, but I just quit this year. The uh, euphonium is pretty heavy metal, and uh, just getting up and sitting down with it, you're a little off balance, so I thought, oh, I'd just give it up this year. What else do you play? Piano. Oh, yeah? Did you was it? Uh, did you play piano in uh, the Navy band as well, or just euphonium? Trumpet and euphonium in the Navy band. And in college, I played piano and trumpet. Okay. So uh, when did you return to America after your tour was over? Do you remember what date you came back? Seems to me we got out in August, so must must have come back something like... In June, because we were stationed, re repositioned in uh, transportation in California. I thought we were going to get out, but they uh, reassigned us. And Berkeley, California, there was a racetrack there that had gone under. And the uh, Navy was parking small landing craft boats all around the racetrack. And it was up to us to clear all that out of there. Somebody had bought it and was going to restore the racetrack. And that was a nice deal for us. We got to go up into the uh, lounge. It was up on the hill looking out over the ocean, a beautiful view. And you could play the jukebox and uh, get a few things like a milkshake or whatever. But we were housed in the horse stalls. <laughs> there were like six of us in a stall that have... Too high, too high, too high. Sometimes there were six and sometimes there were a little more. But uh, then you had to walk to the restroom and the 
washroom and all that kind of stuff. But we drove uh, cars and uh, trucks. We'd go pick up the nurses or the office workers, female and male, and bring them on uh, to the base, take them home at night. And uh, sometimes we'd have to go pick things up or make big deliveries with trucks or whatever. But there I was, 18. I lived in Canton. And back then, I can remember we had one road out in the country some places and if you met another car coming your direction one of you had to get off and there was always a dirt road there so that was quite a jump six lanes out there and i'm just sort of thrown into it and you're driving over the golden gate bridge every day and the oakland bay bridge and the this san francisco and it was quite a change so uh when did you get when were you discharged uh, I have my papers here someplace. August 1946. So how did it feel to be done with the Navy when you'd gotten back to America and everything was all over and done with? It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to get on with my life. We went back to uh, high school and finished our senior year. And that's one thing I was trying to tell the draft board. I just finished junior year and uh, can I finish my senior year? No. Off you go. So we weren't the only ones. There were quite a few of us that had come back to finish the senior year after the war. 